Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rappler Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga maiinit at mahalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Rappler's News Break, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang plano ng Duterte government tungkol sa coronavirus vaccine. Maraming bansa na nag-rollout ng kanilang vaccine program habang matagal pang paghihintay ng mga Pilipino. Ngunit lumabas ang balitang ilang mataas na opisyal ng gobyerno at close on security ni Pangulong Rodrigo Duterte ang demonoy na bakunahan na. Tama at legal ba ang kanilang ginawa? Lalo na't wala pang aprobadong vaccine sa bansa? Kasama ko ngayon si Sofia Tomacruz, rapper reporter who covers the coronavirus response of the government para himayin ang kontrobersiyon na ito at para malaman kung gaano ba katagal maghihintay ang mga Pilipino para sa vaccine. Hi Sofia, thank you for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me, Judas. So, first question ko, asa na ba tayo in terms of vaccine procurement? Uh, we last talked, siguro last week of October, di ba, if I remember correctly. So, since then, mm-hmm. up to now, we're now sa second week of January, second week of the new year. Ano yung big updates na the public should know? Right, so a lot has changed since October, October playing last time we talked. But since then... I would start by saying that some major updates that have taken place since are that there are deals that have been signed uh, that secure us some supply of uh, COVID-19 vaccines. And in particular, the most recent one being a deal that was signed with the Serum Institute of India, which assures Filipinos around 30 to 40 million doses of Novavax's vaccine. So that's a vaccine being developed by a U.S. pharmaceutical company. And then we also, of course, have the deal signed by the private sector, the national government, and AstraZeneca, which assures us right now of at least 2.5 million doses. Although there have been several tripartite agreements that have also been signed by local government units. And according to vaccine czar Carito Galvez Jr., Sec Galvez said that the tripartite agreement so far on the part of LGU secures another 13 million doses of AstraZeneca's vaccine. And we also know that the private sector is about to sign another deal that will secure perhaps around 17 to 20 million more doses of, again, AstraZeneca. And then aside from that, Seth Galvez also mentioned that he is in the final stages of negotiation for a certain number of doses, which cannot be stated yet, but these involve vaccines coming from Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Sinovac, Gamalea, aside from the ones I already mentioned earlier. So I think those are some really major updates that have happened and that we should be keeping track of. Sophia, you mentioned your agreement between LGUs and the companies. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that tripartite agreement? Right. So... Yeah, thank you for raising that point. So, yung tripartite agreements, there are three players involved. The first being the vaccine company, the second being the national government, and third being either the private sector or local government units. And the reason why that exists now versus in October was because in November, that was when the first tripartite agreement was signed by the private sector. So local governments were able to come in because there was already that framework that was available for them to also have access to vaccines. The reason why it needs to be a tripartite agreement is because over the last few days, so the early days of January, we learned that a lot of these vaccine companies weren't dealing 
directly with private sector business groups or local government units without the oversight of the government or at least the involvement of the government because of a few reasons. The first being that, well, according to Seth Galvez, no, that these vaccine companies have made it sort of policy amongst themselves to prioritize deals with national governments first, precisely because we're in a pandemic and the goal is to really vaccinate as many people in the world as possible. And taking into consideration as well, of course, the fact that there's very limited supply of vaccines available. Because the vaccine companies have kind of made it a policy or I guess a practice among themselves to not sell their vaccines for profit yet or for to also control the supply that's so very limited. They wanted to only deal with the national government and that didn't really leave much room for private sector and local government units to come in. Now, when we look at the situation of the Philippines, because one, the private sector has the capability to really buy a lot of vaccines because one, they have the money and two, they are not really constrained by our procurement laws and our accounting laws that don't allow prepayments, which we know is necessary to secure doses. And so hmm. the reason why the tripartite agreement exists is because it is supposed to ideally allow local governments and private sectors who can move faster, who have the capability to pay and purchase vaccines, to have access to the limited doses. But that's just it. You need national government because that's the practice of vaccine companies. And parang in the past months, December, I think, I remember that I was monitoring our world stories. And parang a lot stories na kunyari, this country so-and-so rolls out vaccine program, first vaccinated mm-hmm. people, ganun, ganun. And then when we see what's happening in the country na, okay, may mga deals pa lang na parang nangyayari pa lang or, or parang may development sa negotiations, wala pang deal. If you compare yung current pace natin sa vaccine program, sa procurement with other countries, are we really slow or are they just fast? I think that goes back to, maybe we can rewind a little bit and, and think about last year, no, 2020. Siguro mga June, July, Uh, there were already a lot of countries who were working on securing a vaccine. And at that time, we didn't really hear much being done on our part yet. Say for, let's say, in April when the WHO here in the Philippines mentioned that, you know, countries should be using this time to also start preparing a vaccine roadmap. So there wasn't much going on uh, in the Philippines then in terms of really reaching out and trying to procure these vaccines. If anything, it was really, at least the information being publicized, it was really more on whether or not we wanted to go through clinical trials and how we would go about that, if ever, evaluating vaccines that were still being developed. So there may have been some efforts to reach out to vaccine companies and express interest. But I think just making the effort to reach out isn't, enough. We've yeah. seen that now that it also requires you to be very agile and to always, for example, follow up for our officials to take it upon themselves to really be aggressive with procuring vaccines. But as we know now, and as we have heard time and time again from the mouths of many, many public officials, is that they were severely hampered by our procurement laws, um, our accounting rules again, which 
I can only say is fine, that's valid, but at the same time, because you we don't want them to break the law either. But at the same time, I think it was easy it could have easily been addressed because everybody was waiting on vaccines mm-hmm. since the start of the pandemic. So if there was that hurdle already there, then there should have also been the foresight to address that specific obstacle to procuring vaccines. Because now we're in the spot where we're really just fighting for a very, very limited supply. And ano pa yung mga ibang issues or red flag na nakikita mo sa vaccine procurement natin? Or meron ka bang parang specific part ng process na nakikita mo nagiging problema talaga? Or parang bottleneck? And ano yung parang possible reasons na nakukuha mo uh, from the ground regarding this? Siguro isang issue din, aside from the procurement law and only really finding a way around it come November, is also just having somebody in charge of it. Mm-hmm. So it was also only later in the year where the Malacanang announced that Sec Galvez would be the country's vaccine czar. And so I think in one way, some people were confused also na parang, may isa pang SAR ulit. Oh, may testing SAR na, may tracing SAR, tapos may vaccine SAR. So, but at the same time, I think it's fair to also recognize that a lot of the work did move quicker when when there was one person who was really on top of everything. And so I think that's, looking back, that's one thing that also should have been done much earlier. Really naming a person or having uh, somebody on top of it to really focus just solely on vaccines. Because as we also have seen now, learned that things can change very quickly in a matter of just a few weeks. So the time it takes for you to just assign someone to focus only on this and tell tell the person this is your only job, this is your only priority, you need to secure Filipinas vaccines. Sure, two weeks may not seem a lot of time in normal circumstances, but we're precisely under very unprecedented circumstances because of the pandemic. And two weeks can be a really, really brutal delay. One issue I see. What prevented them from actually assigning a person to lead the vaccine program in earlier? I'm actually, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, it's hard to pinpoint um, a certain reason. When you look at, I think it's just a lack of sense of urgency mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Because um, let's say mga July, we were in the thick of a surge in COVID cases. So a lot of the focus was really on that and still on our mitigation measures of quarantine restrictions and minimum public health standards, which are still very important until now. But again, it's a big lesson that we learned during the pandemic that you can't, that can't be an excuse to not be able to work on many different things at the same time, because as we've learned, again, painfully, is that, you know, a pandemic requires that leaders are able to really juggle several different complicated issues and solutions at the same time. So I think that's one reason why that they perhaps just didn't name somebody earlier because there's a long sense of urgency. And now that I recall, when they had even just mentioned the fact that somebody was going to be named vaccine czar, I remember presidential spokesperson Harry Roque saying that this person had actually been named a few months ago, pero parang ayon niya na ipapublicize ulit na siya yung vaccine czar kasi parang months ago pa yun. So, hindi uh-huh. niya alam kung siya pa rin yung vaccine czar kasi nga, time has passed, baka 
President Duterte changed his mind, or maybe he has somebody else who he wants to be vaccine czar. So, I guess it boils down to lack of urgency. Yeah, parang andam yung problem ng pandemic na nagboils down sa lack of urgency. No, we see that nung antagal nila magplace sa travel ban in the beginning of the pandemic, and then this new strain. So, parang andam ng gulo na nagroot don sa lack of urgency na yon. And looks like hindi pa rin nila na-overcome yun with this latest news that you told us. So, balik tayo siguro sa December, Sophia. Uh, ang daming lumabas na parang balita sunod-sunod about sa vaccine December, no? And then, parang one thing that caught my eyes, yung alleged negligence on the part of the government. Kasi, di ba, may nag-tweet si Foreign Secretary Teddy Loxin na sabi niya may officials na nag-mess up ng process kaya hindi nagawa ng mas maaga yung pag-procure ng vaccine. Can you discuss this with us? What happened here? Right. So a quick rundown of that issue. As you mentioned, uh, Secretary Loxin tweeted that the Philippines actually had a chance to secure around 10 million doses, if I'm not mistaken, of Pfizer's vaccine to be delivered in the Philippines as early as January 2021. So around this time now, except that somebody else in the government supposedly didn't do the work necessary to make this happen and to really lock in that supply for Filipinos. And uh, he didn't mention any name, but later on, Senator Lacson had pointed to Secretary Duque, and of course, Secretary Duque aired his defense. And so we were given a glimpse of what happened. And it is true that, for example, some things that we do know for sure now is that Pfizer and the government were speaking um, as early as mm-hmm. June, late June, but it took forever for a confidentiality data agreement, which is just a it's just a preliminary document that you need to sign to even start negotiating on anything because vaccine companies want to ensure that, that for example, details about their trial data prices and everything are kept are kept confidential first until everything is finalized and. Mm-hmm. I would say that's understandable because it's a product in development and so and there are many many competitors and so of course it's necessary that you want to keep the integrity of something as valuable as a vaccine being developed and so it took months for that to be signed and from Secretary Duque's narration of the events that happened papers were being passed back and forth between government office it's the usual bureaucratic red tape that I think a lot of people are familiar with when it comes to even the smallest things like you need clearance for something you have to go to several different government offices because the national government said that this person this agency was in charge of this specific thing and then another agency is in charge of another specific thing and so that's also kind of what happened when it came to the signing of that um, agreement, just that initial agreement with Pfizer. So it, it was passed from the DOH to the DOST, mm-hmm. um, to the office of the president, back to the DOH. And so, of course, like we mentioned, the days quickly add up to weeks and then you realize it's been months and you haven't signed a document. And in all that time, supply is being locked in by other countries until you don't really have as much leeway to move anymore. And yeah, so we ended up in the situation where we haven't been able to finalize a supply deal with Pfizer, although 
again, uh, said Gavis mentioned that that is one of the companies who we are in final negotiations with. Meron pa para libabas from this, like was someone held accountable or sweep under the rug? Well, like all things, um, <laughs> nobody was really held accountable. If anything, Zach Galvez issued a statement after officials were kind of pointing fingers and, and said, you know, nobody dropped the ball. This is not the time to be fighting. This is not <laughs> the time for finger pointing or nobody passed the book on signing anything. In fact, we are dealing with them now. And yeah, okay, we're dealing with them now. But the fact remains also that we could have been much more advanced compared to where we are currently situated. And again, I think in that specific issue with the Pfizer vaccine and the months it took to sign an agreement, of course, lack of urgency because, hello, I mean, the vaccine is something that we've all been waiting for. President Duterte has hyped it up as the only solution to this pandemic. And at the same time, Um, when there could have been something done about it, it took so long. And so it's really um, unimaginable how something like that could have happened. And at the same time, um, aside from a lack of urgency, I think it also illustrates how some officials are really just scared to make a decision or to sign something while weighing certain uncertainties. And so, but of course the actions of one person will it affects the entire Filipino people. And then siguro my next issue naman itong siguro mas big to than the other one. Ha, yung alleged na pag magpapakuna mm. sa some top officials and close on security ng presidente natin. Let's take this. First, siguro logistics. From what you've mm-hmm. gathered siguro from your sources, aning vaccine yung ginamit? And how did this happen given na wala pang approved vaccines for use in the country? Paano to facilitate? Right. So essentially it happened because it was a smuggled vaccine, to be plain about it, because there is no registered vaccine yet with the Food and Drug Administration, which is necessary for you you to even import any medicine into the country, not just the COVID-19 vaccine, but just any medicine. So lot of of COVID-19 vaccine. Mm. And so if you ask the customs officials, they said no official papers, but you know, um, the fact is it was brought into the Philippines and according to the Presidential Security Group's commander, he mentioned that it was a donation that mm. they were able to acquire after doing their own research and everything. Although, let's be real, sure, it could have been a donation. Sure, there might not have been any taxpayers' money spent on it. But because an unregistered vaccine was brought in and it was administered to some PSG soldiers, me unregulated vaccination activities did na naganap. And so, of course, that really shocked a lot of people because it's worth noting too at this point na supposedly may ilang cabinet officials din daw and other top government officials who have been vaccinated. Although, of course, which has been confirmed by some other cabinet officials like Interior Secretary Anya who said at least one cabinet official has been vaccinated. Although they're not of course, revealing their their identities. And so it was really shocking to hear that for a lot of people because if you remember, the very first people who were supposed to receive it, our healthcare workers who are actually tending to patients in hospitals, in temporary treatment facilities and, and monitoring centers, yet here comes a vaccine that's not even registered and is given to people who are not even 
prioritized. And I've spoken to a lot of experts and was curious to hear about um, what they thought of the entire issue. And on one hand, I think there's the implications of that issue are present in many aspects. First, of course, being health. The very fact that you use an unregistered vaccine on people, like mm. you actually gave it to some people, you don't even know how it was given. You can't assure their safety and the safety of the product that they used. So, kung sabi ni presidential spokesperson Harry Roque na hindi naman illegal kung mapapabakuna yung mga tao with an unregistered vaccine because it's not illegal to receive one. Yes, okay, it's not illegal to receive one, but that just ignores the other side of the equation, which is that somebody brought it in and gave it. And if you don't register a vaccine, you know, you can't assure that it has been handled correctly from the very moment it is taken out of the manufacturing firm and delivered all the way to the person who is going to receive it. Because it's not that straightforward that you just get the vaccine and then you inject it into a person, you know, like registration is given because you can assure that from the time it is produced to the time it is given to somebody, safe shot. It has never um, been tampered with. The product you're getting is what you're supposed to be getting and it has been handled properly so that it's just as safe and effective as it is found to be in, in scientific trials and studies. And so it was careless what they did in the sense that it put at risk the health of soldiers who actually received it. Of course, hopefully nothing happens to them. And of course, it risked their health because yeah, they were given unregistered vaccine and two, the proper health officials aren't even, weren't even able to monitor them from the very beginning. And you know, uh, because the product is still in development, you need to really watch out for close, really need to closely monitor for side effects and everything. And at the same time, bigger than that, a lot of experts were upset about that because I think, I'm not sure if it would necessarily dampen people's confidence in receiving a vaccine, but Mm -hmm. if anything, it just goes to show that even when it comes to people's health and in a pandemic and a vaccine, there are government officials who are willing to disregard the laws. Its implications again in the rule of law in the Philippines. Makikita mo na rin sa health, sa context ng pandemia, kasi there was a way for vaccines to have entered the Philippines legally. Kahit naman kung wala pang emergency use authorization because the FDA chief said, yeah, we could have issued you CSR, Compassionate Special Permit, which allows certain people to receive an unregistered drug when there's no other cure or treatment available for compassionate reasons because you need it for whatever valid reason it's up to them to issue that certain permit there were many ways that the vaccine could have come in even without um, an eua properly and legally and within our laws except wala eh. gusto nila na it was kept in secret for convenience sake. Because they know they can get away with it. Yeah, because right now, similar to the Pfizer issue, there hasn't really been any accountability when it comes to the unregistered vaccination of those PSG. Nobody has been held accountable for that. And although the commander has taken full responsibility for it, there's still so many questions that haven't been answered towards the issue. And for you, Siguro, what are the questions that remain unanswered, Siguro, from your point of view? Na dapat ma-answer nila or at least ma-release yung mga information about this issue? 
going back to one of the questions that you asked earlier, if Sinopharm is really the vaccine that was used, uh-huh. well, that's what President Rodrigo Duterte mentioned was used, pero parang yung investigation ng FDA, isang issue dun yung kaalaman nila kung ano ba talaga yung vaccine na ginamit and how it's really brought in and everything. So that's, I think, one question that we still want answers to with a lot of certainty. And then aside from that, you know, how exactly it was brought in, who really sanctioned it? Because I'm doubtful that the PSG was able to act on their own and get access to a vaccine quicker than our own vaccines are who's actually dealing directly with these companies. It doesn't seem believable that, you know, the story that's currently being told by these government officials involved. Yeah. So, and daming issues pala talaga na naggusbong from the vaccine procurement program pa lang. And we're just talking about yung vaccine, wala pa to yung other aspects of the response of the government when it comes to the pandemic. But before we dive into further into the timeline, let's take a short break and listen to some rapper podcast overviews. Next time, wag ninyo akong pariginigin ng revolusyon. Naku, Diyos ko. Yan ang mas delikado sa COVID. Eh, kung mag-revolusyon kayo, you will give me the free ticket to stage a counter-revolution. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Raptor's political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, P. Renada, Raptor's Malacanang Beat Reporter. A lot of people, not much a lot, but I know that there are some people who would happily use I'm polyamorous label to basically justify anything, mm-hmm. to justify sleeping around, to justify not committing, but that flies in the face naman of how we see it. It's my choice not to be a mother, but I'm not, it's not dissing on, mothers, dissing yeah. on motherhood, uh, on parenthood. Like purely person-to-person basis. Uh-oh. I'm Marguerite de Leon, host of Rappler's I've Got an Opinion, where I speak to ordinary people who have a lot to say about extraordinary issues. Listen in every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Hi, welcome back to Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. I am Judas Gavilan, and we're here with Sofia Tomahruz. We've been talking about the coronavirus vaccine issues in the country. Sofia, asiguro remind us muna, uh, ano ba yung parang uh, order dapat ng pag-rollout ng vaccine? Sino yung mauuna? Sino yung next in line? Right, so may mga priority groups talaga na nakalista sa government vaccine plan. And among the priority groups to be vaccinated when a vaccine comes here are first, frontline healthcare workers. So these are nurses, doctors, sa mga hospitals who are directly tending to patients who are really in frontline healthcare centers. After them, we also have the indigent senior citizens kasi sila din yung um, isang population na talagang at risk of getting COVID-19. Mataas yung risk nila. Tapos after the indigent senior citizens, we have the remaining senior citizens and then the rest of the indigent population. And then fifth priority would be uniform personnel. Yung mga nasa PNP, AFP, Coast Guard, PFP. Because sila din yung mga frontliners who are, for example, manning uh, certain checkpoints or helping to deliver government aid to, to different areas. Aside from them, we have other priority sectors who include like social workers, teachers, other government workers, other essential workers, and then among demographic groups like IPs, people with disabilities, and then of course we go to overseas Filipino, Filipinos and then the rest of the remaining working population. 
So, Sophia, ano ba yung timeline ng government sa pag-rollout? And parang if you take into consideration all the issues, the bottleneck, yung red flags, yung mga dapat pang maayos na mga gulo, do you think this is still achievable? Gaano ba pa ba katagal maghihintay yung mga Pilipino para matapos na nanonood lang sila ng mga mm-hmm. ibang bansa na nakakakuha na ng vaccine samantalan tayo dito, uh, nag-negotiations oh, pa sila? Mm-hmm. Well, kaka-announce actually ni Galvez that the government can start giving vaccines as early as the end of February kasi may dadating daw sana na supply from Sinovac or Pfizer. But Pfizer specifically from the Gavi Covax facility, which is the multilateral facility where a lot of countries who join that are insured access for at least 20% of their population and then reasonable, equitable prices for vaccines. So Pfizer might be one of the vaccines that arrives in the Philippines first through that setup because we is trying to give at least 30 billion doses to low to mid-income countries for an early rollout. So, I mean, assuming, hopefully, if all of that does pan out and it's successful, all the arrangements and negotiations, we can see some Filipinas being vaccinated as early as the end of February. And with regards to whether or not we're ready, I was a little surprised to hear that February would be the target date because it's the middle of January and that's the only time it was announced. So it leaves you less than a month for people to really prepare for when the vaccine arrives. Because there are preparations for the which is, of course, storage, logistics, which we mentioned includes transporting vaccine doses from the manufacturing firms all the way to sites where they will actually be distributed here in the Philippines. And that's really, really, really complicated and really complex matter. And so, of course, there have been people who have been working on that since last year. But for, you know, crunch time, it's just less than a month away. And so I think the question of whether or not we're ready, there is a plan on paper, but whether or not that can actually be translated and implemented on the ground is entirely something else. And in February, I think whether or not we're ready, those are going to be given. It's just a matter of what that will look like. And it may not be as orderly as they have it in their head because, you know, as we are all familiar with, implementing the biggest immunization program ever to have ever been done in, in the country. And it's similar to how that's that's also the situation in a lot of countries. And mm. already they are having, in other countries, they're already having a hard time ruling out. So what more us in our situation? While hopefully it won't be as bad, I don't think it's going to be completely perfect and flawless. Mm-mm. And if they want to hit nga na maayos sa rollout, what should they prioritize now? Like, in this week, the coming week, na alin kiting sa dapat gawin na nila? Right. Well, for one, I think they should really explain yung vaccine distribution plan in detail kasi information that has been, again, given piecemeal in, in a state and senate hearing, in another press briefing, in another virtual briefing. And so, for people who are actually, one, going to receive the vaccine, government officials need to make sure that they're aware of how they're going to receive it and where they're going to go, what they have to do on the day itself. And for people who are actually going to give the vaccine, like they have to be made aware also of what they need to do and what they need to prepare for. 
because it's just few weeks away. Let's just peg it at a month at the most. There's a lot of preparation that's still needed. Want to really prioritize yung preparations for the distribution, the actual rollout of the vaccine, which involves a lot of government workers and health workers. And then yung, communi- yung communication plan nila that are people who are supposed to receive it primed to receive it even. It's one thing for you to have a vaccine and then to have nobody ready to receive it kasi di nila alam kung paano o kung saan sila pupunta. Aside from that, I would say the third thing that officials need to prioritize is really just closing as many deals as we can as possible. Of course, all within the context of following our laws and making sure that we're not getting into deals that would be disadvantages to Filipinos. But then that would be a third priority to just ensure that we have supplies of the vaccine that are actually going to be delivered for all priority groups, at least within the year. And for my last question, Sophia, given lahat ng issues na nakikita natin, yung mga red flags, yung mga gulo ng gobyerno, yung mga mess up nila na hindi pa na-address or hindi pa na-clarify or hindi pa na-aayos, what does to say about the Duterte government in general? Given na, if you recall nga, and you said earlier, na during the first months of the pandemic, lagi sinasabi ng presidente na vaccine lang yung only way na para maayos itong pandemia. But look at, at what they're doing now, what they did in the past few months. Uh, what does it say about the general sense of the government? When it comes to vaccine procurement, I think what we've seen about the Duterte government, what this has already revealed, is that one, they haven't learned their lesson from the early days of the pandemic where it's so important to be agile and to be able to make a decision quickly and then to be able to also be flexible enough to change along the way. So whether that was finding a solution to certain obstacles posed by our procurement or accounting laws, um, whether that was reaching out to vaccine companies early enough and actually taking the necessary steps to keep those negotiations going forward, to really make sure that they keep progressing and, and they keep moving forward because having also a sense of awareness that there are other countries who are also running very fast and going very fast in their own negotiations. And I think it also showed the, the Duterte government's lack of regard for the rule of law when it comes to safeguarding people's health in their use of unregistered vaccines and, on, and without the monitoring and oversight of professional healthcare practitioners. And of course, their disregard for the rule of law and them being willing to get the vaccine for convenience sake over people who are supposed to get the vaccine first. I think it also shows the weaknesses that have been highlighted in the pandemic and when it comes to prioritizing what needs to be prioritized when it comes to vaccines, whether that be the budget, really allocating enough funds for that, or also when it comes to, you know, just making sure that somebody is on top of that, even if you have so many other things going on, like a surge in cases that happened mid last year or other things that even that don't even have to do with the handling of the pandemic, whether that be things happening in Congress or things happening in the law and order situation of the country, to be able to really prioritize and to make sure that there's somebody still on top of that. You know, I don't think that's a lot to ask from the government because it's what we expect them to do. And that's also their job being, you know, public officials who are providing public service. Yeah. So on that note, parang dami pa issues na kailangan ni address and we hope na 
maayos na ito sooner than later kasi very important yung vaccine na since it's parang it's the only way out of this pandemic. And ayaw naman natin na yung parang yung ibang bansa nandun sila sa pag-vaccinate ng mga hindi priority tas tayo wala pa tayo naumpisahan sa priority population natin. So thank mm-hmm. you Sofia for joining me today and for updating us on these important developments. Thank you for having me to this. I'm sure may mga developments ulit in a few weeks. And I'll ask you to come on the podcast again for nangyari <laughs> yan. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapper and News Rick sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo naman ng exclusive content and events, you can join Rapper Plus. Plus is a community where we discuss and get deeper insights to the issues we face today. You can sign up by visiting rapper.com slash plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic na you think we should discuss in our podcast, you can email us at investigative at rapper.com. Again, I am Jules Gavilan and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories.